Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's up, everybody? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. Josh Shaw, Ryan Buckeye, back with another, I believe this episode will resonate with a lot of people, because Josh and I both have, I guess, the luxury or the pleasure of working within the fitness and sports nutrition world. Uh, Josh does some stuff outside this world, too, but predominantly, this is kind of where, we, where, we, where our beds are, where we made our beds. And where we're at. And, and we do it because we're passionate and we love this space. But we had to obviously fall in love with this space. And there's reasons why we yeah. fell in love with this space. And there's a reason why we're staying here, most importantly. Because, you know, a lot of people out there, Josh, will change careers. They'll change, uh, you know, not just careers, but change the entire area in which they work in. They might go from, you know, food marketing to chemical sales or something that's completely different. Um, but we've chosen to be in this industry, stay in this industry. And to be honest with you, I have no desire to leave it ever in my life. And there's a big reason for that. And, and today we want to talk about the, the role of fitness has played in our lives and some of the, the, the lessons that it's taught us that we use in our lives today that we think a lot of you who are passionate about health and fitness are probably going to listen to this and be like, you know what? Those are things that that I love too. And those are things that I taught that, that, that fitness has, has taught me because fitness is not just a tool to look better and feel better. Like it literally um, it is to a lot of people, to me, it's my anchor, you know, it's, it's what I turn yeah. to, to decompress. It's what I turn to, to really help me get through th- things in life. Sometimes they're tough. And then, so I'm super thankful for it. And again, there's, there's a ton of lessons that I've learned and I'm sure Josh, you've been in the industry longer than I have. So you're still here you know, at, at your young age of 26, so, um, or 23, <laughs> whatever you are. And, uh, you know, th- that's what I want to talk about today. And I know you're pretty passionate about this as well. Yeah. I mean, I think both of us, I think fitness in its own way has kind of changed our lives and it's been a pillar in our lives. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, we, I think most males that are into sports and things when you're growing up, like at the beginning, I think for most of us, I mean, there are probably some that maybe enjoyed that aspect of it, but um, it was conditioning. It was something that you had to do. It was just kind of whatever. And you, you, I don't know if you really fall in love with it more than just like it's a task set that you need to do to get on the field. And that's right. just kind of what you do. Uh, where then when you, especially for me, when I got into college, that was when I was able to obviously make all of my own decisions on a day-to-day basis. And one of the things that I got into was fitness. And it took me like a little bit of time to kind of get going. But after that, I kind of fell deep in love with it. And I've kind of gotten in and out of it where like I find different styles I like or, or whatever it is. But I think the constant is that I just enjoy the, you know, just the aspect of just getting up and just going and just kind of getting some sweat going and just feeling like I accomplished something during, during that day. And like, it took me when, when we kind of brought up this topic, I needed to reflect a little bit because right. I think that with fitness and then just like day-to-day life, you don't really notice a lot of the lessons that are getting taught to you. A lot of times you just end up like, it, it's just kind of your day-to-day kind of going through your, your paces. And when you finally like take a look back and reflect, for me, it's been over a decade of like really enjoying fitness. And there's just been some big things in my mind that I think it's like taught me that's kind of translated into lessons that have worked in terms of my professional life or personal life or whatever it is, but it was the lessons of the, you know, the gym, the iron or whatever you want to kind of consider it that actually, you know, built those things in for me. And I think mm-hmm. like the first one that I kind of want to talk about, and I, and I wrote down a few of them just because I think they were all kind of important and, and different, but I'll just kind of cover the first one here is that I think it's a matter of like starting with the basics. Like when I was 
uh, starting out, I had to learn the basics. I had to learn the compound movements. I had to learn these things first and foremost before I got into anything fancy. And I think that that's the same case of like anything in business or whatever. Right. I, I tell people I work with, like that I'm consulting with or advising with, and like they're trying to add all these fancy variables and all these, you know, advanced techniques. And I'm like, you're not even good at the basics. Like you need to focus on the basics first, get that stuff, like all that stuff situated. And then you can move into the more advanced things that you see that are sexy or whatever. And that's the same that happened to me with fitness. Like I got into bodybuilding.com early on. And I remember reading some of those articles and, and things and saying, damn, that looks so cool or, or whatever. But I knew that like, that wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to really focus on the things that were basic that I knew that was going to build the, you know, the foundation of everything. So I, I that's just kind of my first one. I, I hope that people that listen to this can relate to that one because you should. Right. I mean, that one, that one's like the, the common, uh, common denominator in all this is that if you're not really good at the basic things, you're never going to be able to master uh, the advanced movements. You think about, think about life in general, right? You have to crawl before you can walk. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. Like you can't walk until you learn. Like, most people, well, I should, I shouldn't say that some babies do, but most people have to crawl before yeah. they can walk, but you can't get to like, you know, calc B before you take algebra. And, and these are certain things in life that you have to learn first before you get to the next level. And I can relate to that too, because I've always had this desire to be like a C-suite professional. I've always wanted to be a CEO or, or top of my game, but I had to learn everything else before I could get there. And when I, whether it be was, when I was at Mills, I thought maybe I should be higher up. But again, I learned so much more in sort of a basic role, a basic role w for what I was in um, that I didn't have the skill set that those above me had at that time. You know, and, and to your point in, in fitness, I recall like when I first got in, like I started getting bigger and I started getting muscles, but I didn't know how to properly do a fucking deadlift, which is like a compound movement, uh, like one of the best compound movements you can. And one of my buddies taught me how to do a deadlift. I could barely deadlift 135. But then I, you know, to teach yourself the basics, like Josh said, like you first off, like here's how you properly do a squat. Here's how you properly bench. Here's how you properly deadlift. After you get down the basis of that, then you can move in to everything else. So yes, it does resonate in terms of fitness, but it resonates in the terms of life. Like I get if you're hardworking and you're, you have a shit ton of drive and desire, but you also have to have patience with that, which is you need to learn the basics of everything else before you can get to potentially where you're going to go. Because if you get to where you go and you never learn those basics, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass and cause you some type of hardship or pain later on in life because I can't imagine in, in fitness just like doing all these ancillary movements and just never doing compound movements. I would never have the physique I have today. It just wouldn't be possible. I need that stuff. Um, so that's a really good one. And honestly, I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. And I was like, you know what? That's, that is really good because that can, that can resonate with so many people in so many different aspects of life whether it be parenting or, or your job or whatever it is, like learn the basics, learn the crawl before you can walk and, and let it humble you a little bit. Like realize like this is normal. And yeah. for those of you who've maybe never been in the gym before, understand that too. Like if you walk in for the first time and you see Josh and I, someone like us doing these crazy movements, like don't think that's where you need to be. Like learn what, learn what the equipment's names are and what the intentions are and then go through with a personal trainer or somebody to understand what the intention of that equipment is and what the results are that you're supposed to get from it. So I like that one. The one that came to my mind first, and it's probably, <clears throat> probably the biggest one for me, is fitness taught me the lesson of confidence. Uh, more so than anything, I think, because a couple things. One is as you see your body change, you get more confident. Because yes, we, we talked about this before on, on a podcast about how sex sells and how physical appearance is important to a lot of people. 
But as you start to recognize that you're changing, you're becoming healthier, you become intrinsically more confident as a person in general, whether you're walking into a board meeting, going to work, coming home to your wife or girlfriend, like you just have a little bit more swagger to you. And that's not possible without fitness in my world. Like if I didn't have the weight room and I didn't have weights, I would probably still be that overweight kid with no confidence, maybe mentally depressed. And that's not a good thing at all. So it offered me confidence, but then you also get confidence within the gym too, as you get stronger. And if you're in the PRs and you do a PR, like that's a confidence boost too. Sometimes it boosts your ego maybe a little bit too much for those listening. Like don't think that PRs are the end all be all, but having that confidence can translate into so many different aspects of life. You can become a better parent, be a better employer or employee, whatever it might be. But that has been for me, the biggest gift that fitness I think has ever given me was just that boosting confidence that I lacked before I found the gym. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people that start working out, a lot of times it goes around, like, at least for males, I don't know if we can't speak for females, but a lot of times the main reason why men start working out is because they want to look better for yeah. females. They want to attract better looking females. So it's uh, it's one of those things where that helps you become more confident and it's useful regardless if it's in the gym, out of the gym. Um, you you kind of touched on one little area and one that I kind of wanted to bring up around like PRs. And this is this idea that, like the harder something is, you know, the more weight it is, what the more rewarding it is. Like right. I think that that's like something that again, like resonates with life because the harder something is to achieve, that harder that goal is, the the more rewarding the, the better it feels. And I think it that's kind of what a lesson that I got taught with fitness is that you you reach for these big goals, you say you want to have this total or you want to oh, I want to bench 315 or whatever it is, like it takes time to get to that and it takes a lot of, you know, whatever to get to that goal. And then when you achieve it, you're like, wow. But then you also, you know, understand that that was just maybe a false summit, I guess, in a way like mm -hmm. you're, you, you just reach for that next goal. And that's just kind of how life is. Like you get to that, it's rewarding. You're like, great. And then you work to the next one. And that's kind of translatable to the, to the gym, but also to, to life in general. I think too, to that point, that can also be a motivating factor for people or it could also be discouraging as hell too, right? Like if you never are able to achieve what you're trying to achieve, and you get so discouraged that you quit, that might say a lot of you as a person too. So like, yeah. I mean, you know, in business, it's not easy if, or whether you're, you're, wherever you're employed, if you're given a goal of something and you know, it's hard to get there. I mean, you have to put in the time and put in the work. I, for me, I, I had a goal once upon a time of, of deadlifting 500 pounds. It's all I wanted to do was deadlift 500 pounds, which is a big feat for somebody who it was five foot seven and a half. And I think at the time I was like a buck 80. That's a lot of fucking weight. But I, in my head, I'm thinking like, I know I can get there, but how do I get there? It literally took me like six months doing some different variations of deadlifts and some back work to be able to build up my strength to the point where I was actually able to pull 500 and I struggled like a motherfucker. I struggled, but I got that son of a bitch. So to your point, like it was rewarding, but then in that case, it's like the process and the journey to get there is what's super important. The end thing is great, but what really makes that rewarding when you achieve that goal is everything that you did prior to that. So, and, and this is huge in fitness because when you, whether it's a, a competition, you want to step on stage in 16 weeks, that's one day. You get one day to step on stage under the lights, maybe two, depending on the show. But you had 16 weeks of, of a journey that is what makes it so rewarding. So all the work that you do to get somewhere, whether it's, maybe it's, it's it, this is a real thing, like trying to conceive a child, right? Like when you finally conceive a child, say you're, say you're a couple listening to this or somebody who's having a very difficult time with that. Because a lot of people in this day and age do. I was one of them. We had a very difficult time with it. When it finally comes and, it's, and you're told, like, you're going to have a child, you just think about that entire journey that you and your significant other or your partner went through to get there. 
And that's why it makes it so much more rewarding too because you know, sometimes it's like it looks impossible on paper. Maybe you don't think you can get there, but if you work hard and you put the time in, don't get discouraged and accomplish whatever that is, that's a huge life lesson. Like don't give up. And it sounds cheesy, Josh. It does. Like a lot of people yeah. say, a lot of people say like that just sounds cheesy. Well, it's true. If you don't give up and you keep working your ass off and you work hard, you can get it. Right? Nothing's impossible as long as you put your mind to it, I believe is what my mom used to tell me. And I think people tell you that all the time. But that is a great lesson that you can learn it in any aspect of life, but specifically in fitness because you're always constantly putting up a number that you want to reach for something, whether it's a weight goal or a PR, and that's hugely important in somebody's life. Yeah, definitely. And I think you touched on on something about just like somebody that doesn't ever achieve some of their goals, and, and then that's a totally different type of person. That person maybe just doesn't have uh, you know, the mindset. Um, it's probably one of those like you know, person that's not really a high-performing person, but I think that for us – I think when we fail at a goal, because we do have, you know, we could, we understand the process, we understand the work that gets involved, we understand whatever, but sometimes there's just some goals that just are not achievable. And when we do fail, that's a lesson in itself mm -hmm. for us. I mean, and that's in another sense, it's like, I've had a lot of times where, you know, I've said, oh, I want to, you know, achieve this specific goal, or I want to get in this type of shape. And then you get down to it and you're like, it just didn't happen for me this time. But then I learned something. I said, okay, well, it was because I didn't do this or I didn't train this way or I didn't, you know, I, I cheated on this, on this vacation or whatever it was. There was always a variable that I said, okay, now I could take that and learn for the next time I put this into play, this plan into play again. And that's just in, in another sense, like it's just goal setting and failure or achievement provides some type of uh, you know, positive attribute that you can right. build off of in the future. And I think that comes down to the person too. Don't see it as a failure, but see it as a learning opportunity. And I think to that point too, in terms of goal setting, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, make sure your goals are realistic too. If you're making an unachievable or unattainable goal that you may never achieve, like if my goal is to deadlift 1,000 pounds, I'm dead in the water. It's never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I can take as much juice as possible and eat as much food. I'm never deadlifting 1,000 pounds. It's just not fucking happening. So make sure that your goals are realistic too because then it does obviously give you – otherwise you're just going to be discouraged and be like, God, I'm a pussy. I can't lift 1,000 pounds. Shoot me in the foot. No, just make sure it's realistic. Um, so I – I think so far the three three things that we talked about is obviously like learn the basics. Um, fitness taught us confidence in terms of like goal setting and achievement. That's big too. The gym for me is also an area of respect. I think um, when I walk into the gym, I want to take care of that equipment. I want to put stuff back where it belongs. I want to respect others who are stepping into the gym for the first time. The last thing I ever want to do is discourage somebody from coming through those doors and not taking the step to better their health and fitness through a gym membership. And I know not everybody's like that, Josh. We know a lot of bros and douchebags in this space who just care about themselves and not others. But for me, it is such a respect issue that – or such a, or such a sense of respect within the gym that it, it really taught me to understand. And I come from a small town like you. Like we've had diverse backgrounds. I learned to be able to like respect and, and love and like everybody. And that helped within the gym too because everybody's there for the same reason. They're trying to live better lives through fitness. They honestly want to live healthier lives. So that is the biggest thing that people need to understand within fitness, and that's a respect factor that you should learn to respect everybody else regardless of their shape, size, color, or sexual orientation or what they believe in. Like, just respect them. And I don't know if there's people listening to this podcast, if they're, you know, one way or the other, they might not appreciate that or approve of that. I don't care. I love anybody who takes a step in the gym, who wants to better their lives, and who legitimately wants to become a better version of themselves. Like that is a super sign of respect to me and I'll never judge somebody for that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's always the um, the New Year's resolutionists, like mm -hmm. people always around, um, like advanced uh, fitness people will always post these things like, oh, you know, it's the gym's going to be packed and all this kind of stuff. Like, great. Like, yeah. you want the gym to be packed. Like, how great is it for people that are interested in changing their lifestyle? Like, you should be supportive of that because there was a time when all of us were at that level that we stepped foot in that gym that first time and we're like, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what was going on. And for you to like lend a little bit of a support and just say, Hey, like, looks like you don't really know how to use this machine. Can I show you or, or whatever it is, like, just be respectful, try to help people. Um, when you were talking about this, I was also thinking about it in a non like personal standpoint, but also from like respecting like the facility, respecting the equipment, respecting everything. Like to me, like one of my biggest pet peeves in general is when people don't treat other people's equipment, other people's stuff like their own. Like mm -hmm. if you are tossing shit around and you are like leaving trash on the floor or whatever, like would you do that in your own house? Like first of all, if you do that in your own house, you're a piece of shit. But second of all, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot um, of people out there should, that do that. Yeah, and you you should honestly like that's like I I used to tell this all the time. Like if you see like a piece of trash, and I'm talking like even on the street, like and I'm not saying go out and like ruin your whole day by picking things up, but like if you see something that like should just be picked, just pick it up, throw it, like just leave it a little bit better than how you right. came. And it's just a matter of like that, those actions show other people that it's okay to act that way. And then they'll, it's, it's kind of like a petrol kind yeah. of thing. But I just feel like, I know you rant about this a lot on your IG stories and stuff. I see you talk about like when people don't put their weights away yeah. or things like that. And that's just, I mean, I think we have all at one time, maybe forgot or, you know, something happened where we, you know, it is what it is. But I would say for the most part, like just respect that business, that equipment, that stuff that you get to use for $30 or $40 or $50 a month. Like how great is it that you get access to all of that stuff? Like treat it great because you want it to stick around. Yeah. I just, I just always just drives me crazy when you see people like, especially doing like, um, like, incline bench presses or something with dumbbells and like you, the weight's too heavy for them and they just like toss them at, at like angles and like the barbells you know they're gonna split one of these days yeah. and it's like then this gym owner has to pay for those you're out of this equipment it's like just respect people but also respect the equipment it's just like this is, should be one of those things like treat it like treat it like church yeah. in a way like you know what i mean like when you walk in there that's a like a uh, sanctuary. That yeah. should be something that you just try to make sure you're respectful to everybody and respectful to the surroundings around you. Now, 100%. I mean, the gym for me is my worship center. That's where I go on Sundays. I mean, that's my place that I enjoy. But to the point, I don't think a lot of people understand, too, how expensive some of this equipment is. Like, there are hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment in some of these gyms. And by breaking them, what you're doing is you're going to increase your membership rates at some point because they have to keep replacing shit because you're being an idiot. But another thing on that, too, in terms of respect, what I, what, what I find is like, especially in our industry, Josh, what is just it, the irony of our industry is if you get people in the gym, like we support each other, like we want people to hit PRs. We don't get jealous and, and have this ego and look at somebody like, my God, he just squatted 500 pounds. What a piece of shit. Like he doesn't deserve that. But within sports nutrition, somebody comes out with a new product. Nobody's ever happy for anybody. It's my God, he's a piece of shit. He stole this and that. Like it's so ironic to me that like, inside the gym, there's that level of respect that, that some people don't carry out in the business world. And for me, this whole sense of like encouragement and sense of accomplishment for others, I am very happy when people achieve their goals in the gym. I'm also very fucking happy when people achieve their goals in business, whether it be a coworker, uh, even like to some extent, like even a competitor sometimes. If a competitor is doing something to better the industry or to improve it, 
you're like, good for them. Like, maybe there's a little sense of jealousy. Like, I wish I would have done that. But you should really still, at the end of the day, kind of be, be happy for them because they're doing something groundbreaking that nobody else has done. I, I just don't, I don't understand how, for me, it's taught me that. Like, I'm super happy for, for like, if you told me, like, I just signed a, a contract with this big CPG. It's going to pay me, you know, 100K for the next three months or whatever. Would I be jealous? Would I hate you for that? God, no. Go get it, Josh. You get paid, bro. You get paid. <laughs> but it's like, I just love within the gym, you get people that stand around maybe the deadlift platform and, and encourage somebody to pull, pull, pull. But outside the gym, that's not necessarily the case all the time. But I take it outside the gym and I'm the guy that's sitting around screaming, pull, 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 trying to encourage people to be better and to achieve their goals at the same time. Yeah, that supportive nature in the gym. I mean, it obviously depends on the gym as well. Like I go to a lot of corporate gyms, so like there's not a lot of that interaction that sure. happens. But I'll say that people aren't staring at you and judging like, oh, I wish, you know, they're not giving you those looks or whatever. But in business, I mean, I've been around in this sports nutrition world for a while. And what I'll say is like for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, like ego gets in the way. Like you're not happy for other people's successes. You unfortunately like – think they got it some way or somehow they, they achieved it because they had some, um, you know, things in which they had some luck or, or whatever it is. It's like, instead of just saying like, Oh, you know, they killed it. I got to pick up my game. I got to, right. I got to do better. Like look internally instead of like projecting that outward. A lot of times yeah. like if, same with the same with the deadlift situation. Like if I look and you say you're doing 500, like I need to look at myself and say like, what am I doing that I'm not getting to 500? Like, right. am I, am I not training the right way? Am I not eating the right way? Am I not doing whatever's doing like, and that should be the same way in business. But for some reason, it's always just like you, you, you project that outward into like, Oh, they're, they're doing something. What you, you try to discredit what they're doing because um, you don't want to look internally and say like, I didn't do the work I needed to do to get that done. That's, you know, that's a good point. That's actually a lesson right there in itself in the gym is like, I consistently look internally. How do I get better? One thing that pisses me off and we've talked about this maybe outside the podcast is if I'm pulling, so my PR and deadlifts is 565 now. Cause that's, I mean, I kept working on it to go. But I guarantee people watched my video and right away, right away said the only reason I could pull 565 was because of my TRT use, my steroid use. Guarantee it, right? Those are the people, the same type of people outside the gym that look for excuses on why they're not doing something uh, because, you know, saying that I had a competitive advantage versus looking internally and, and, and looking and saying, what are they not doing? It's not that you're not taking steroids. It's not that, it's that you're not working hard enough for fuck's sake. So yeah. in the gym for me, I'll never look at somebody who I know is on gear and say the only reason they're able to do that is because they're taking something. No, that person, him or her, worked fucking hard towards something that they wanted. They achieved it. I'm going to be happy for them. So this is like we could do a whole podcast on this. But if you're listening to this <laughs> and you're that person who consistently looks at others and say they achieved X because of Y and that Y is not hard work, consistency and dedication, but maybe cheating, you need to change your fucking tune and look internally and figure out why you're not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And it'll change your fucking life. You will start to accomplish yeah. things. You will, if, if you're not that person, you can't do it, then you're fucked. Simple as that. You're never going to be that person. You're going to have a very hard time in life. So that, I mean, those are very good lessons that the gym has, has taught me. Uh, another lesson is just, I mean, it's, we kind of talked about it in terms of respect, but there's a certain camaraderie, like maybe not at the corporate gym, but at a small gym, like it's a sense of family. And for, for me, I walk in, I know his name, they know who I am, a big sense of respect be amongst each other's. But like that whole, there are a lot of people, and maybe, maybe we can say it's like a, a lesson of being sociable because there are a lot of um, 
introverts in this world. And maybe if you're an introvert, it might be hard for you to step in the gym. But I think the gym at times, if you're an introvert, you start to kind of step out of that introvert shell, that out of your comfort zone. And and it's uncomfortable for you for a little bit. But then you start to kind of make friends. You start to feel more like of a sense of a community. And you start to open up a little bit more, which then translates into just bettering your life in other aspects too, whether it be at work or home or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, I've said it a few times um, on the podcast, like, you know, I'm definitely an introvert. And what I'll say is like that's hit the nail on the head for me because when I did uh, go to gyms that were more of like local spots, um, like mom and pops, or even like CrossFit gyms or things like that, that's more built around like communication and community and, and things of that nature. Like I ended up meeting a bunch of people. I talked to a bunch of people I normally wouldn't. Now at a corporate gym, it's headphones on. I don't really want to talk to anybody. And that's um, that's just gets me more into like my introvert ways. Right. Um, but I think that to your point, I mean, it definitely depends on the environment in which you're in. But if you are, you tend to um, put yourself in that position. You get to know people because it's um, you're in a space that you're all trying to achieve goals and you're all trying to push hard. And you see people in a very like painful way where like you strip away a lot of like this, um, uh, you know, like persona or whatever it is. So you end up getting to a point where you're stripped down. So when you know somebody and you get to know them through that aspect of it, you tend to make pretty good friends because they see you in a, like a vulnerable way mm-hmm. that a lot of other people don't. So at least for me, I, I know I've met a lot of people um, through the gym because of that. Um, not so much lately, just because I said at corporate gyms and stuff, it's usually just kind of, you know, put the headphones in and go. But I mean, I definitely think that's a, a pretty good lesson to kind of, kind of focus on the one that we've kind of danced around a little bit. And I know we've, you've talked about it specifically on a few podcasts is that like the actual gym is not just about physical activity, but Mm -hmm. it's also about mental, um, you know, saneness. Uh, It's it's your therapy in a way. And, that's what I have gotten to learn for myself. We talked about it on a previous podcast that I got to a point where I was working just way too much. I didn't have time for the gym. I didn't have time to eat well. And I realized that my mental health was kind of waning because of that. And when I got back into the gym, I was able to really reset a lot of those maybe hormone levels or, or whatever it was. And it really helped me kind of be able to achieve more and kind of have a more balanced right. lifestyle. So like I kind of also like take that to life and say like, I just got back from Mexico and on a vacation and I, and I do a terrible job at like taking vacations. I do a terrible job at taking breaks from, from work. I think if anybody's watched or listened to this podcast, know that, you know, I'm, I'm probably a workaholic. I'm one of those people that are, um, I have a mental, uh, health thing with work. I, I definitely work <laughs> you too much. Both. Um, but, but what I'll say is that even taking um, that break, that mental break, um, that though I might not be doing anything physically during that time of, of vacation, just not doing anything helps so much to when I get back to doing everything else. So it's, you know, it's thinking about how sometimes you need to, um, you know, do what you need to do to kind of get those mental breaks. And that's the gym has taught me that, like, if I'm not going to the gym, at least on a semi regular basis and doing something, I know that there are some things in my personal life that are getting like kind of manipulated in a, in a bad way. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. And I'm a huge, obviously I'm wearing his gear, but I'm a huge fan of the rock obviously from my wrestling days, but no, of what he talks now, he talks about the gym being his anchor. And I, I use that same terminology quite often too, because 
it is my it's me time for me. It's it's where I can kind of unplug. Now, granted, I have my phone with me. I'm still sometimes responding to emails. It's a bad habit, but it's a chance for me to kind of just like release uh, the and have like just just feel good, right? Like you know, people talk about the runners high. Your dopamine yeah. levels are high and like your endorphins are crazy. Like that's what the gym is for me. It's a chance. And I would love, I would love to see stats on the number of mental health cases that we have in our country and the people that suffer from mental health, the ones that don't have something like CTE, right? Where there's no actual damage to the, the brain compartment. But like if you're having, you struggle with mental health, how many of those individuals are physically active? I'd love to see like the correlation between yeah. the two. I don't know where it is, but I would, I, I would feel, and this is opinion. So those listening, if you know the stats, or let me know. But I would feel like those who are more physically active or maybe even weight trained are less likely to suffer from mental health. Now, now with a caveat, if you're a competitor, you probably suffer from mental health more than somebody else, right? Like, because you constantly look at stage pictures and you're like, man, I wish I looked like that. So just the, the average gym goer, the person that goes to the gym three, four days a week, maybe me who goes six days a week but doesn't compete and doesn't like look at myself in a different, different light – I bet we, we struggle for mental health issues significantly less than those who don't because it's a place, and you said it, iron therapy. That's, we would have, you know, there should be literally therapy centers built around weight training and have them come in and, and it should be covered by their medical, medical insurance if it needs to or give it a reimbursement for it because it, I think it significantly reduces cases of mental health, which is abundantly crazy right now, not in our country but all over the places. To see if it actually helps, because I think it does. If you put people through a weight train, what's going to happen is they're going to start seeing physical changes to their body. They're going to feel better. They're going to love something and have a hobby, and it just gives them something to look forward to and do, and doesn't give them as much time to think about all the bad shit that goes through their heads that makes them suffer from, from these thoughts and ideas that they have, which are just troubling not only to them, but to their family and friends, too. So that is a massive thing that I firmly believe in that I think our healthcare system in this country could significantly benefit from is just like... Offer, offer reimbursement on gym memberships and, and iron therapy sessions for those who suffer from mental health. And I bet you it, it would significantly change that, that one aspect of what's going on right now in our world. Yeah, I know um, one, I think a friend of both of ours, like um, Matt Hesse, that they, oh, yeah. they own like Performix and a bunch of uh, kind of other brands in their portfolio. But they have a nonprofit mm-hmm. called, I think, FitOps, I yep. think. Um, where it's all about like transitioning, I think veterans yeah. and, and people that have kind of went through some tough things, uh, what you're saying, um, and transitioning them into a lifestyle of fitness, be that uh, personal trainers or whatever, but it's kind of reacclimating them to day to day life, but in a more fitness sense, because yeah. I think that's a, a story that Matt kind of had with himself, I think veteran kind of transitioned his life with, with fitness. So, I mean, I think there's use cases already kind of happening there where like if you are able to put those uh, people through like fitness and health and really get them on that regimen, it can help them transition from a very difficult period of their life being in military. Yeah. And you, you see people all the time who are military that have seen some really crazy shit that you and I are lucky enough to never have to experience. They, they do great things for all of us so that way we can have our freedoms and all of our rights in this country. When they come back, PS, PST, or PSTD, right? Post, yeah. um, when they suffer. stress disorder. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's no bullshit. Like, it's tough. So, um, but you've heard veterans that go on to take a world of fitness that, like, the one-legged monster, right? Like, he turned to fitness. He lost his, he lost his fucking leg in combat, and he turned to fitness to help basically, like, save his life. And so many people have done that. And I think that it, it's, it's very powerful. It's not just so that way you can have six-pack abs and 14 to 17-inch biceps. Like, it can really help you not only – clear your head mentally can help you perform better in the workplace. And we've talked about that, I think on one of our first episodes. So 
That is a huge lesson that the gym, uh, uh, really not even a lesson, just kind of like a, what the gym gives back to you. If you take it seriously yeah. and, and then you, you do it. Um, but yeah, Matt's program with FitOps is phenomenal. I'm actually going to go out to New York in a couple weeks and, and meet with Matt and check out the whole FitOps program. So I'm super stoked about it because I think it's a brilliant idea and I think it does really, really good. And I'd love to chat with him more. And who knows, maybe we'll bring him on this podcast sometime and actually talk about that topic because I think a lot of people would enjoy hearing about what he's doing uh, for these veterans who are coming back and how that impacts the term of mental health because I do think there's a strong correlation there for the better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, there are a ton of different lessons, a lot of things that the gym has given me since I've been in the gym now, you know, 10 plus years on a consistent basis that I'm super thankful for. So that's why when I walk into that place, it's my sanctuary. I respect the shit of it. Josh, the same way. We make a living in this space um, within fitness and sports nutrition. So I think if those listening out there, if any of these resonated with you, obviously hit us up. We're on Facebook. Two guys, one shaker cup. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Stay up to date with all the new podcast launches every Thursday here on all of our different platforms. You can follow Josh on all of his social platforms, Sue for Jay Shaw's Consulting. Uh, we're at Fitness Informant, all different platforms. But help us out as well. Write us a review because it helps out the algorithm so more people can discover this podcast. And we're going to keep this thing rolling. And, and Josh, you talk about it all the time. Like if they have topics, how do people get us the information on those topics so we can talk about them? Yeah, I mean, I think any kind of commenting on any of our um, social, especially like Facebook or um, on YouTube, it would be great. Um, you know, even just c contacting both you or I um, would be kind of easy. I know a few times people have mentioned some different topics and we've taken them um, and kind of integrated them in. So the more that we can get some feedback from the listeners and give you guys exactly what you're looking for, um, the better this all works. I mean, we're, we're obviously going to still kind of focus on a lot of the stuff that we think is going to be the most valuable to the most amount of people. But Anytime you guys have any suggestions, um, any comments, things you'd like to see us change for the future, we're all open ears. We're, we, don't, we don't think we're perfect. Um, we're more than happy to take any of uh, that criticism into consideration. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. YouTube, Google Podcasts, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.